Welcome back to The Shelf Oddities. I'm Serafina. And I'm Mary. And the oddity that I'm feeling like today is a giant uranium glass punch bowl. Serving a little radiation to the kids, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and the oddity that I'm feeling like today is a taxidermy of a deer's butt. Okay, follow me. Mm-hmm. With its tail. Okay. And it's made to look like Sasquatch. Have oh, you seen it's those? Asquatch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're Asquatching it up today. I feel that vibe off of you. I (laughs) get that for sure. Thanks. And today, we are covering dowsing rods and pendulums. Mm. But before we get into that, I want to talk about a horror convention that I just went to, which was super fun. I went to Scarefest in Lexington with my girlfriend, Heather. We had a wonderful time. It was popping, dude. Was it? I think with the pandemic and, like, people not being able to do things. And honestly, I think horror has become more mainstream. Well, they always say that goths are the sign of a recession. <laughs> I know we've talked about that. I think we talked about yeah. that during the... Uh, so, I mean, it makes sense. We've, Victorian morning. We've had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely did. We've definitely had a uh, nationwide crisis that has led people to get real close with some scary shit. Yeah. So, um, there was just a ton of people... And the layout was kind of weird of the con. We didn't do a ton of stuff other than peruse the dealer's uh, room, which, you know, we all know I love some merch. I am a fan of some merch. <laughs> you really are. Um, so I got a ton of things. I got a really cool pillow that looks like a, it's like a ghost face mask, but it looks like a little kitty. He has little kitty ears. Oh, it's very fun. cute. Um, I'm actually wearing a t-shirt that I got from there. Oh, you got it from there? I did today. Uh, it is by Halftone Horror. We'll have to link their Instagram. But um, they made a ton of designs that's basically versions of the mainstream slashers, but like slightly changed so that they don't get in trouble for licensing and copyright. Oh. <laughs> uh, so the t-shirt that I'm wearing right now has Ghostface, his head, and on like a stick person body with a knife. Um, and instead of saying scream over him, it says frantic mouth sounds. Wonderful. And he has a whole line. My secondary favorite is the Southern Power Tool Bloodbath. No. (laughs) The Southern Power Tool Bloodbath. (laughs) For Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then uh, the Night Terror on Undisclosed Street. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's very good. Um, I love their stuff. They have um, also, like, wood cutouts and, like, pins and stuff. I got a pin that's Ghostface, and it says, um, I'm feeling woozy here, which is a line from the movie that uh, Matthew Lillard says. Yeah. I feel woozy here. Yeah, so I, of course I picked that up because we all know I'm a Matthew Lillard fan girl. Yes. More um, than anything. I'm pretty sure most of the things that I bought were Scream related. I don't. That's not surprising. Unsurprising. Yeah, yeah. Not, surprising not surprising for anyone. So yeah, it was a super good time. How many people do you think were there? Oh God, that's a great question. I mean, I will tell you that we pre-registered and had our tickets ready and it still took us 45 minutes to get into the building. Oh shit. Yeah. Wow. And by the time we had done one round around the dealer's room, got drinks, and went back in, the line was still just as long. Wow, good for them. Yeah. That's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. But good for them. It's always nice when a lot of people show up for a con. Yes. Yeah, it was super fun. I like horror cons a lot because um, it feels like I'm with my people. Yeah, I get that. So I can't complain. So um, let's go ahead and get into dowsing rods. All right, I'm interested to learn. Me too. Let me tell you. So... Let's start with what dowsing is, because I had kind of an idea, but didn't know too much before this. According to Wikipedia, dowsing is a type of divination employed in attempts to locate groundwater, 
buried materials or ores, gemstones, oil, claimed radiations, grave sites, malign earth vibrations, and many other objects and materials without the use of a scientific apparatus. Mm. It's also known as divining, especially in water divining, doodle bugging, particularly in the United States, supposedly, when you're searching for petroleum or treasure. That one's my favorite. Yeah, I like that. Or water finding or water witching. I have heard water witching. Yep. So... Let's talk about the tools that are used for dowsing. I only knew of the rods that you see. Yep. So rods, which are a tool of two L-shaped rods commonly made out of metal. They're held parallel to the ground and the short end of the rod is in each hand. Individually called a dowsing rod, divining rod, vining rod, or witching rod. I think I've typically seen them made of copper. Yes. Nowadays they're made of copper. Agreed. Um, some dowsers use other equipment or no equipment at all as well. Oh. Uh, Britannica.com states that the term divining rod, sometimes used to describe the forked instrument, is frowned upon by dowsers because divination is not considered to be part of the process. Hmm. But in some hmm. other areas it is, so right. I just wanted to include that note because it was interesting. It is interesting. Um, pendulums, which is a tool or device that is hanging from a string commonly made out of crystal or metal, which will swing back and forth when the target is near i go into pendulums way more significantly later so stay tuned for that a fork stick a tool commonly made from a y-shaped stick or fresh tree branch this is the most traditional tool i do know now that you've said that that rang a bell for sure yep and it's also held parallel to the ground like the rods the stick moves up or down when it's near a target I saw it mentioned that dowsers would specifically use hazel, rowan, witch hazel in the United States, or peach tree or willow wood. So I wanted to look into the magical properties for each of those woods because I was curious, like, why are we using those specifically? So the magical properties for each of those are hazel is used for communication, immortality, dowsing is specifically mentioned, Hmm. um, magic and wisdom. Hazel rods were also apparently the wands utilized by druids, which I didn't know. I didn't know that either. Um, you know what's weird? What? Remember I was talking about hazelnuts and Samhain? Yeah. Samhain and Samhain? Mm-hmm. Well, look at that. Wow. Yeah. Connected. Divination. Divination. Whoa. Uh, Rowan is also used for divination. It has hearth goddess energy, love goddess energy, protection, and travel. Willow is divine masculine support, death, directing energy, ghosts, lunar alignment, pain relief, and personal empowerment. Death actually makes sense because we talked about willows in the uh, Victorian morning episode and about how that was used in imagery a lot of the time. That is very interesting. Uh, Witch hazel is for charm and attractiveness, finding water and intuition, so that makes sense. I didn't know witch hazel was a tree. Me either. I thought it was like a bush. I don't Apparently, it's used for dowsing rods. Wow, that's really cool. A peach tree is for health, immortality, protection, positive energy. Hmm. So with the dowsing forks, they work like dowsing rods, and you can use these for everything you would do with the rods, but you use only one hand. You hold the handle in a vertical position in your dominant hand and follow the rod. So same vibe, just same, different shape. So how are dowsing rods typically used? The two ends on the fork side 
are held one in each hand with the third, the stem of the Y, so we're talking specifically about the fork, pointing straight ahead, held with the pointed end down. Thumbs will be up and palms toward the center. Hold tight and spread the Y rod outward while rotating your wrist outward. Your thumbs will now be pointed outward and your palms up. The Y rod will flip up in a delicate balance. Pointing upward at an angle of around 45 degrees is usually used for the ready position. Swinging down from the ready position to point at a water vein or target is typically indicating a yes response. Swinging up from the ready position is usually used for the no response. So the dowser usually walks slowly over the places where they suspect the target, for example minerals or water, may be, and the dowsing rod supposedly dips, inclines, or twitches when a discovery is made. Hmm. And then when you're using a pendulum, the dowser holds the cord in one hand and allows the pendulum to swing freely. The dowser then observes how the pendulum is swinging and interprets the motion to offer insights. Hmm. So... I have seen dowsing rods utilized in paranormal things, and I'll get to that a little further in, but I always kind of thought that you already had to have the innate ability to, like, make it work to make it work. Yeah, like, it's, like, a part of who you are. Right, which is why I also never got into pendulums, because I was like, how do, I don't know how to do that. Right. So, who actually has the ability to douse? Apparently everyone. Really? is born with the ability to douse, but some will obtain the dowsing reaction immediately, while others may have to practice for a while before they'll see results. Oh, gotcha. So it's not like someone's just... Like, if you got the gift, you got it. Yeah. But you can also work at it. Yeah, practice. Cool. So something I wanted to mention with dowsing is the um, idiomotor phenomenon, because you can't talk about something like dowsing rods or like Ouija boards without mentioning it. So... The idiomotor effect is a psychological phenomenon wherein a subject makes motions unconsciously. Oh, okay. So as in reflective responses to pain, the body sometimes reacts reflectively to ideas alone without the person consciously deciding to take action. Okay. So people always say that that's what's happening with Ouija boards and right. with dowsing rods. So for instance, tears are produced by the body unconsciously in reaction to powerful emotions. Mm, okay. So, automatic writing, dowsing, facilitated communication, and Ouija boards have also been attributed to the effect of this phenomenon. Mystics have often attributed this motion to paranormal or supernatural force. Many subjects are unconvinced that their actions are originating solely from within themselves. Gotcha. I wanted to include that. Do I think it's always that? No. Mm-hmm. Do I want to believe that it's other phenomenon? Absolutely. I don't want it to... So, I included it because I thought it was important, but... Um... Yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is, is, like, before we had insane technology, this, I mean, this was used to find wells. And it worked. Like, constantly. I read a couple articles that were talking about dowsers who... Um, you know, the author was writing about someone who was doing dowsing, and every time they did the dowsing, they were doing it blindfolded, and they were doing it. Yeah. So I can't believe that it's all. I apparently have someone, like, my great aunt was like a well, a well witch. Hell yeah. Is what they were called then, where she would do dowsing rods, and she would find out where your best spot to put a well was. And she, like, that was her living. Like, 
She was so correct constantly that she made a job out of it. Yeah, so I, I mentioned it to mention it, Yeah. but there's no way that it's not real because yeah. it is around in for many, many years in Centuries, history. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go into the history of the dowsing rod now that we're talking about it. Most of this information came from dowsers.org slash dowsing history. I wanted to mention that because I do um, specifically go into info that they typed out pretty much exact so in 1949 a party of french explorers while searching for evidence of lost civilizations in the atlas mountains of north africa stumbled upon a massive system of caverns known as the tassili caves wherein many of the walls were covered with marvelous prehistoric paintings Hmm. among the many fascinating wall murals not only did they locate an art gallery devoted exclusively to the depictions of spacecraft and ets they also found a remarkable huge wall painting of a dowser holding a forked branch in his hand searching for water surrounded by a group of admiring tribesmen these wall murals were carbon dated and found to be at least eight thousand years old i mean hello spacecraft and dowsing I mean, hello. one in the same, apparently. Peas in the pod. <laughs> apparently. So the actual practice of divining with a forked stick, as we know it, began in the late 15th or early 16th century in Germany when it was treated as a form of divination. Old texts about searching for water do not mention using the divining twig, and the first account of this practice was in 1568. In the 16th century... German deep mining technology was in enormous demand all over Europe, so German miners were licensed to live and work in England, particularly in the stanneries of Devon and Cornwall and in Cumbria and in other parts of England, and they were using this technique in the royal mines for calamine. Really? Yep. By 1638, German miners were recorded using the technique in silver mine in Wales as well. Wow. I didn't know it. I thought it was just water. Yeah. I didn't realize it was like anything you want. You're finding it. That's crazy. The Catholic Church, however. No. <laughs> banned the practice completely. Jesus Christ. <laughs> sorry, not sorry for talking shit about Christianity again. It seems like it's haunting me and all of my stories. I mean, it's haunting all of us all the time. Let's get real. Reformer Martin Luther perpetuated the Catholic ban in 1518, listing divining for metals as an act that broke the first commandment. No. I.e. as occultism. Also, I didn't know what the first commandment was because I'm a fucking heathen. Um, that's the one where it's like, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Mm. So because you were doing something that was like a cult-like. Yeah. I'm in America, so I immediately went to, what does journalism have to do with any <laughs> That's a reasonable response. I had to Google it. I was like, I have no fucking glue. In 1662, divining with rods was declared to be superstitious or rather satanic by a Jesuit, Gaspar Schott, though he later noted that he was not sure that the devil was always responsible for the movement of the rod. So, like, is it satanic or is it not? Oh, my gosh. He didn't. They don't even know. I heard somebody uh, the other day introduce themselves. It was, I mean, it was obviously like alt TikTok, something was going on there, but they said, 
they were seven inches of satanic panic. And, like, that's also me and my dowsing rods. <laughs> me too. I'm going to put that in my back, po- back pocket. I love that. Uh, despite religious disapproval, though, dowsing was practiced in Germany during the 16th century, much as it was practiced today when it was used in attempts to find metals. So, basically, everyone was like, we hear you, but go fuck yourself. Yeah. It was clearly so needed for, like, survival. Like, this works so well that yeah. they were like... Yeah, we're going to find minerals and water and, like, what else? Like, excuse me, Jesus, we're, we're going to have to take a second. We're also going to find Satan. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Portals to hell. It's important stuff we're finding here. In southern France in the 17th century, it was used in tracking criminals and heretics. Um, side note, though, its abuse led to do a decree of the Inquisition in 17th 01 forbidding its employment for purposes of justice so you gotta know somebody was like my rod said that this guy did it and oh like, no <laughs> i didn't think about that oh god my rod my, my rod, rod. Said this guy. i can't with that after world war one and during the vietnam war dowsers equipped with rods were used to locate booby traps and underground tunnels mm. i was like once again, survival-based <laughs> methods here. <laughs> kind of important. That is really You want to know those things. Yeah, for sure. So let's get into a little bit of modern dowsing. I don't go too, too much in here because, admittedly, it was kind of hard to find. Um, but I did want to cover some of it. So according to a study done about 50 years ago, at that time, there were 25,000 practicing water witches in just the United States, which wow. is believable. Yeah. In the late 20th in early 21st century, a number of dowsing-like devices were marketed for modern police and military use, primarily as explosive detectors. I don't know. There's something about that that feels wrong. If you let me tell you, it is wrong. Um, in consequence of these frauds, in 1999, the United States National Institute of Justice issued advice against buying equipment based on dowsing. In 99? Yeah. What? That's so recent. That's like yesterday. That's why I included it. I was like... That's wild. Also, like, dowsing rods are not that long. So, like, for explosives, like, that's so... You're like, in the... You're already... You're done. Like, in the radius. It's just telling you before, like, kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> yeah, they they were figuring where the explosives were because they would get close to it and blow them Yeah, up. it works every time, you know? <laughs> so, most commonly, though, and what I know dowsing rods from are paranormal investigations. I'm sure you've seen, like people you have you seen anyone oh, of using course, them yeah so i was kind of interested in like how did we go from looking at water and minerals yeah. to we're asking ghost questions with dowsing rods so i um did some research on that most of the information in this section comes from staugustine ghost tours.net um, there was a blog post by Patty Starr, who is a certified ghost hunter out of Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty neat. So, I get, um... I really want to add that to my resume. <laughs> Professional certified ghost hunter. It sounds like we have some work to do. Ah, uh, yeah. We better get out there. So, both animate and inanimate objects have energy fields. Everything that exists in the universe is ultimately pure energy that gives off a vibrational frequency. This would include every particle, thought, word, emotion, object, and experience. When you douse for a target, you tune into its frequency. The response from the rods means you are reflecting energy back to yourself for interpretation. 
So because of this, some investigations will actually use dowsing rods and EMF readers, because mm-hmm. the EMF reader is also looking for energy, so they use them in tandem. Yeah, so basically, the user of the dowsing rod is asking the spirit questions, and the spirit can then respond using the dowsing rods with the energy that yeah. we're turning, tuning into. Yeah, I, that's how I've always seen it be done. And that's pretty much dowsing rods. That's really cool. It's pretty neat. Dowsing rods are really... They're interesting. I... I know that some people use them in, like, their craft, and I yes. don't know if that's kind of the same thing of, like, asking and telling kind of scenario, um, but I think they're really cool. I've always thought that they were just really cool, and I figured, I know it's, like, a tapping into energy thing, but I, when I was a kid, before I realized they were done with sticks, I thought it was, like, a, the ground has this gravitational field. Okay. And yeah. then water has, like, that, gra- like, that's a difference in gravitational yeah, field yeah. so it's magnetic so they're gonna pull together and then i got older and was like oh they were done with sticks i have no idea what's <laughs> happening here like this must be some magic here for sure yeah but to use it for survival and like for centuries yeah there's definitely something to it i would agree hmm. and it might be satan apparently oh well i mean <laughs> apparently uh, apparently that man's a powerful man so you know be careful guys just be careful out there don't pick up two sticks So I started looking into dowsing rods because one of my very good friends, Nick, asked me to cover it on this podcast episode. So shout out to Nick for suggesting. What's up, Nick? Hell yeah. I didn't know that someone gave us a a topic. Yeah, so we're covering that. But let's get into pendulums because pendulums are also part of the dowsing. Yeah, yeah. I have always seen people use them in their craft. I always thought they were interesting, but I'm like, I can't do that. What the hell's happening? Right. A lot of my information came from How to Use a Pendulum, the A to Z guide from tinyrituals.com, and then other sources are in the source notes, but I did use a lot of their verbiage. So, what are pendulums? According to Britannica.com, a pendulum is a body suspended from a fixed point so that it can swing back and forth under the influence of gravity. Pendulums are used to regulate the movement of clocks because the interval of time for each complete oscillation, called the period, is constant. Galileo first noted in 1583 the constancy constancy of a pendulum's period by comparing the movement of a swinging lamp in a Pisa cathedral with his pulse rate. And when I read this, I was like, was church so boring? Yeah. That you were looking up at this swinging lamp (laughs) and and counting your heart rate. What were you doing, Galileo, (laughs) that this is where you figured that out? This is why they burned you, my guy. The Dutch mathematician and scientist Christian Huygens invented a clock controlled by the motion of the pendulum in 1656. And I don't... So when we're saying clock we're thinking of the big guys like grandfather clocks. yeah with the yeah. literally pendulum that's in yeah. the bottom of it that's moving back and forth i thought it was interesting to mention that, that because we don't think of i don't think of that as a clock anymore i mean no one you only see them in old people houses all right or old vecna, people movies. Get it together. oh shit yeah <laughs> sorry vecna get a digital watch <laughs> what the hell dog get on it <laughs> Pendulums have long been keeping the beat in time, but they've also been used for divination practices since the 16th century. There are also estimations that pendulums were used back in ancient Rome and Egypt too. 
In this case, we're specifically talking about the small pendulums that can fit in your hand that are commonly associated with mm -hmm. spiritualism and witchcraft now. So for those types of pendulums, it's a tool of divination and is used for spiritual guidance, making decisions, answering questions, and cleansing negative energy. The pendulum acts as receiver and transmitter from unseen influences and it communicates this wisdom with you. You can ask your pendulum yes and no questions, which is usually the most straightforward way of using the tool of divination, but you can also use the pendulums to clear up any negative energy in the room, to find lost items, and to find water sources. I did not know that you could use it for cleansing energy. I That's either. the first I'd ever heard that. Yeah, I so I did look into it a little bit and found a couple of rituals where basically you're using the pendulum to confirm that there's like a negative energy in that room hmm. and then you can do like your regular cleansing. Oh, okay. But I had no clue that you could yeah, use it for that. Yeah, I have never heard that. That's really cool. So what are pendulums usually made of? Because I think the most common ones that we see are the ones that are made of like gemstones. Yeah. So most commonly seen ones are the ones that are also triangular looking on a chain. Mm. And some of the most commonly utilized crystals are rose quartz. I was going to say... When you want, what are they typically used for? I say a rose quartz pyramid. <laughs> yep. And there we go. Uh, because they're a stone of pure love and heart-centered power, you can turn to it when you want loving guidance to make choices that come from the heart space and for promoting peace and understanding within those decisions. Another one is amethyst. Amethyst is one of the most spiritual stones in the pack. This gem is all about opening the crown chakra so you can connect to those higher guidances and embrace bigger picture thinking. Um, it's also a gem of clearer thinking and connection, making it a great tool for dreamy decision-making. Another one is clear quartz. Clear quartz is a great choice for those wanting a clear-headed pendulum that amplifies all kinds of energy. Clear quartz is great for connecting with intention and turning the volume up on personal vibrations. These are great traits for manifesting all that you desire and keeping calm and balancing throughout any kind of process. It is also possible, though, to use an object, such as a favorite trinket or bead or a metal ball or even a key as your pendulum, mm. instead of using, like, a gem. Wow. Which I thought was way, way cool. A I've, key's way cooler. Yeah. I've never been a crystal witch. I know that you have, like, gotten into that. I do be that. collecting rocks. Yeah. I do not be collecting rocks. I just kind of dabbled and started dabbling in that. So I thought it was kind of cool that you could do something that wasn't crystal related yeah. so that you can... Well, it's also cool to find stuff that, like, you don't have to buy. Yeah. Like, give me something that, like, I have that's important to me that yeah. I can put on a string. It has, like, your own personal... Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I think it's funny that Rose Quartz is, like, one of the number one things. Even when we went to Salem, there was so many, like, newspaper ads about Ouija boards in the museum about, can Ouija find you a man? And, like, divination with Rose Quartz because it's made out of love mm -hmm. and you'll find... Like, I feel like for a really long time, especially uh, probably, like, pre-1980s, like, all women were, like, ever marketed to, like, asking for was, like, can I find a man spirit? And, like, I love that we live in a generation now where, like, that's, like, like I've never used divination to be, like, will someone love me? Like, I've never had that go through my head, and I know that's, like, a thing that used to be really popular. Well, now Rose Quartz, I think, when you hear it, uh, people use it for self-love. Yeah. More than yeah, yeah. finding Which is like, like a what a crazy... Like, I wear a rose quartz bracelet every yeah. day for that. Yeah. So. 
it's it's interesting how things uh what they're good for changes it's you know it's called we ain't being tied down by the man no who can will he marry me who gives a shit who fuck it <laughs> so how do you use pendulums Step one is typically to cleanse the pendulum, but I did see a couple interesting ways to cleanse that I hadn't heard of before, so I'm just gonna list all of them here. Obviously you can use like a smudge, so you could do like incense to do a cleanse, which is what I normally do for most of my magical items. You can run the stone under some water apparently. I put a disclaimer in here because some crystals don't do well with water, so like do your research before you start putting water on shit without knowing what's going on. Literally. Um, it's important. It is so important. Uh, you can place it beneath the full moon, you can place it in a slant of sunlight for a while, and then another one that I thought was super cool is burying it in soil. What? Yeah. So you can cleanse by burying something in soil. I've never heard that. Me either. And that seemed very interesting for you and for me. I keep a um, giant jar of dirt and moss on my altar <laughs> where it's like actual living moss that like yeah. i spray every like fucking 10 days or something yeah, like yeah. that so really cool. i'm like can i just bury stuff in there I'm <laughs> like, just gonna yeah i'm sure you probably could and cleanse it yeah we'll let the moss do the work you know yeah for sure doing the doing the thing uh you can also leave it in the presence of other cleansing crystals which i've heard that before some people keep their crystals in like a big old bowl yeah um i know on my altar i have a bowl of salt and then I use that to uh, cleanse crystals. Oh yeah. Um, so step number two is connecting with your pendulum. So you can hold it, get the vibe, become besties, introduce yourself to your new tool. I actually do this with a lot of my magical tools because I think it's important to feel connected to them. Yeah, me too. I make a rapport with everything. Yeah. Basically. Tiny little inanimate objects. I just <laughs> give them names and love them. Hey, we're friends now. Yeah, welcome to my house, dog. <laughs> I did see that some people suggest programming your pendulum or basically holding it out and going through all of the indicators to confirm differences between yeses and noes and maybes, hmm. what all the different movements mean. I don't go into the specific steps here because it's kind of lengthy, but I did find a great article on askyourpendulum.com. Hell yeah. <laughs> called how to use a pendulum that includes steps for programming. So if that's something you want to look into, definitely recommend. You can also use a pendulum board. So I'm probably going to pick one of these up on Etsy because... I saw a bunch in Salem. They're so pretty. Yeah, um, they're cool. You have a lot of options if you want something customized. Etsy's a great place to get them. You can also make your own pendulum board if you don't want to spend money or you want to make it more personal, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. When it's already raining. <laughs> There's a 30% chance There's it's already raining. I thought the exact same <laughs> Mean girl joke. This not only helps sync your energies, but also can grant you more confidence in asking questions further on as you explore the vibes of your swinging talisman. Step number three, working with pendulums takes time and patience, so don't expect it to be clear and easy. We were kind of talking about that when we were talking about dowsing rods, where it's like some people just get it and then some people have to practice to get it. Pendulums are the exact same way. I said that in our Terra episode, too. It's a yeah. muscle. You gotta work on it and build it. It may take time to build a relationship with your pendulum, and it may take time for the pendulum to answer you. Which makes sense. Yeah. That's also probably why I've never tried it, because I'm not a patient man. <laughs> and <laughs> I just not. I just want shit to work, you know? Manifest what you're manifesting, yeah. so you're gonna read it the way you want to read it. Open mind. Yeah. Open mind. So that's pretty much everything about pendulums and dowsing rods. How interesting. I mean, it's interesting to think that 
both of these methods have been around for so long. And here we are, still using them. And I mean, you can find pendulums anywhere. I mean, even growing up, I feel like I saw them all over the place. And I agree with you. I never went into it because I felt like I didn't have that skill. Mm -hmm. But knowing that, like, I do have some family history with it and, like, knowing how similar it is. And all you got to do is practice, too. Yeah. So it's like if you don't get it right off the rip, I'm definitely going to look into buying one after this. Definitely. I think, uh, I think we'll have to put one on the list and see how it goes. Yeah, so we'll report back on pendulums, but, um, you know, let us know if you use one or if you have any experience on any of our social medias as per usual. And uh, stay odd, Arcadia.